It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low-as-can-be APR, zero deposit required, and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. Good afternoon and welcome along to Late Lunch with me, Joan Larkin, sitting in for Jerry again today. Lots to come on the show. I hope you can stay with us. If you'd like to leave a comment or you have a question about anything we'll be talking about on the show today, you can text or WhatsApp us on 086-1800-658. Now, kicking off the show today, residents on a stretch of road in County Meath are calling for speed measures to be introduced there after a number of people lost their lives on this particular stretch of road. The road in question is just one and a half kilometres of a stretch of the main N52 between Balrath and Kells and Mullingar. Now, Tony Byrne from the Balrath Residents Association is on the line now and I'm also joined by John Grimes who'll tell us about his near misses while out cycling on this road. Tony and John, both very welcome to Late Lunch today. How are you? Good afternoon, Joan. Hi, I have both of you there. I, I have Tony yes, and have. I have John. Great. Yes. Tony, can I start with you? Um, this particular stretch of road, I happen to know it well, but how bad is it for local people? It's a total disaster, Joan, for the local people. Uh, I mean, like any normal resident situation, we have young families, we have people with disabilities, we have the elderly. And this uh, road is so narrow in parts that if one is unfortunate enough to meet two trucks coming, uh, say, in opposite directions, you literally have to jump into the ditch to avoid the trucks. We have multiple examples of people being knocked off their bikes. We have people who are being hit by wing mirrors of trucks. We have many, many, many incidents like this. People are terrified to go out. People are locking their gates to keep their children in. It's a complete disaster. And Tony, why has it, has it always been this bad or, or has it gotten worse in, in, in oh, the last few years? Unfortunately, it's got a considerably worse recently because of the extra volumes of traffic and so forth on the road. Apart from the exit, as I say, at the uh, main dual carriageway, uh, the motorway, it also now has the situation where it deals with essentially the link between Dundalk and the Midlands into Mullingar. Hence, this traffic, as I say, in density hasn't changed considerably. We have so much traffic on the road now, it's lethal to try and attempt to walk on the road. And how many houses are along that stretch, Tony? There are 50, 58 people in this particular segment, as I say, on the particular area of the road. And uh, it's we have been attempting to do this. Uh, this case is going on for years 
We have had multiple experiences with Mead County Council. I first started this particular meeting, as I say, as far back as October 2015, when we met the senior transport engineer for the particular area who promised us to do what it could in the circumstances. Quite frankly, nothing has happened. In the meantime, we had a fatality, as I say, in the last couple of days, another tragedy on our roads up at the Ballarat Cross. Again, we keep telling the people that this is something that's going to happen, but in fact, nothing has been done. Well, at, a recent meeting of, at a recent meeting of the, uh, our area, our local representatives unanimously agreed to ask Meath County Council to look seriously at this situation because it is their responsibility to do so. We have been in touch, as I say, with the ITT. They have informed us of this. Meads County Council has the responsibility to look and take some action on this before somebody else has a problem. Well, Tony, as you say, we did contact Meath County Council and they have given us a response. They say they've given us a statement that says Meath County Council is aware of and shares the concerns of the residents in the Balrath area and is in the process of reviewing that junction in terms of traffic safety. So we just got that in in the last few minutes, Tony. OK, we've got that for years that's an ongoing situation, and that's all we get. This is purely kicking tin down the road. There is absolutely no action, immediate action, unless we have another fatality in the near future. Immediate action is necessary. Not alone is, as I say, the action to give us the right to have a footpath on our road, but, I mean, we also need assistance with the speed on our road. The road section is a 60 kilometres per hour speed limited. It is never, never adhered to, right? Tony... According to... Sorry? No, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just as a matter of interest, to give you an example, quoting the RSA, Road Safety Association, at 60 kilometres an hour, if a pedestrian is hit by a car only at 60 kilometres an hour, nine out of ten will die. We have asked the traffic corps, we have asked the police to please try and implement the speed limit on our particular roads. And quite frankly, what we have been told indirectly is... This area is too difficult for the traffic core to actually uh, control. So the traffic control is too dangerous for them, and yet we're expected, as I say, to uh, don't have the facility. And anybody who wants to walk on the road is taking their life into their own hands. And Tony, at this point, can I bring in John for a minute? Because, John, you were a regular road user there. You used to cycle, but you don't anymore. Can you tell me what happened to you, John? Well, thank you very much, John. And... 2016, I got hit with a car. That was the first time, first episode. And then in 2018, in February 2018, I was hit with a high sand. Just flew by me, caught me, sent me flying. So the, and the road is very, very, there's no room in it, simple as that. So you've been struck road. twice by two different vehicles twice. at two different yeah. times. And, and times. what were your injuries, John? Were you badly hurt? Well, I had to go up to the hospital to get x-rayed for starters. And uh, the left, the right-hand side, my arm and my leg. Was, uh, they, they were the, the worst part. I got the bang. But thanks for God, I'm alive to tell the story. And do you I cycle that road still, John? No, I give it up. I don't go out it anymore now. It's far too dangerous. And uh, how, how do you get around, so? Well, it's either a taxi or my brother-in-law comes out and brings me in. So, so you just won't very, cycle that road anymore? No, it's pure fear. Every time you see a car, you're nearly torn your back. You know, it's, it's actually desperate. And I have to agree with everything that Tony's after saying there. Something has to be done. And is it because is it because that stretch of road is so straight that people tend to put the foot down, Tony? It, it must be something. Like no, that. it's not. 
No, John, it's not straight at all. I mean, in actual fact, there's a many, many multiple bends and twists on it. It's the pure width of the road and its inability to deal with the traffic volume that's on it at the moment. As I say, again, just two trucks, and there are multiple occasions where this happens. I mean, if you look at the actual photograph, as I say, on the front of the uh, Chronicle today, yeah, you'll see what the actual, you'll see the truck situation, where how close it has to come to the side of the road simply to avoid a collision. So therefore, from that basis, it's just the volume of traffic, the lack of control in relation to the speed, everything about it points to an ongoing situation that is just completely and very, very, very difficult. And how far is this stretch of road from Kells? I mean, is it? are you able to walk into Kells from there, but you just can't? Yes, yeah, no, well, if, if we had the facilities, yes, we could certainly walk. It's a, one and a half kilometres from the town itself, and some people do take exercise and some people want to have the facility to walk on it. But quite frankly, at this moment, you're taking your life into your own hands. We have repeatedly asked. We have been in touch with, as I say, the road safety officer from Meath County Council. We have been in touch with all the relevant people in the situation. And quite frankly, we're just getting fobbed off. Uh, it will happen. This will happen. That will happen. But frankly, in my duration of time, as I say, since my first meeting in October 15, absolutely nothing whatsoever has happened. And what is it that you want, um, Tony? Is it, do you want um, a, a speed limit put in place and enforced somehow? Or want, do you want some measures taken to widen that road? Or what, what can be done? We simply want the provision of a footpath, an adequate footpath that will give us, as the residents of the road, the facility to walk on the road. Literally that, just only that. We would also be very, very appreciative if the actual speed limit could be enforced as well, because that in itself is another major disaster. But frankly, a footpath, traffic calming, as I say, some method of traffic calming in the circumstances would also be greatly appreciated. That's all. Simple things, even if we had signage on the road. If at least people were notified that they were in excess of the speed limit and 60 kilometres is relatively slow, but it is not adhered to. It's not slow either on a stretch of road that is so narrow and is so dangerous. 60 kilometres feels a lot faster. Well, well, again, as I say, just to emphasise the hard facts, and I'm reading from the RSA situation, at 60 kilometres an hour, and John was extremely lucky, he had two two incidents where he survived, but at 60 kilometres an hour, nine out of ten people will die. Pedestrians. Yeah. yeah. John, can I come back to you for, for a second? How long have you lived in that area? I'm out here about 22 years now. And you used to always cycle quite happily into Kells, did you? In and out, in and out. It's only in the last recent years there that it's just unbelievable. I mean, sometimes two cars on the lorry and maybe maybe overtaking it. Well, you know, at speed. For you and to get back on your bike after getting the first um, at the first accident, that was quite brave of you to get up on the bike a second time. You won't do it a third time. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not giving a chance for time. I might be just as lucky. No. But uh, just before we do go, I'd just like to extend uh, sympathy to Christopher Bell's family on the bereavement on the road. Of course, Christopher was the latest victim on that road. Yeah, even that has affected me, to be quite honest. I say a prayer from there every night. Just of course, it's unbelievable. Christopher's mother contacted us and said she fully appreciated what we were trying to achieve. And uh, in fairness, bearing in mind her tragedy, she said anything she could do to help us, uh, she would be willingly support us in our campaign. Of course, we had Christopher's uncle Adrian in here with us earlier this week, a, a desperate tragedy. And just three weeks ago, that happened. So look, at we've, we, we will hope for the best and hopefully something will happen. As I say, we did have that statement in from Meath County Council, Tony, just in the last few minutes. But for the time being, Tony Byrne and John Grimes, stay safe and take care. And thanks for joining me on Late Lunch.
Thank you, John. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. You're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. We've just had a few texts in about that stretch of road um, at Ballarath and Kells. Deirdre in Kells says she knows the road very well. She said it's a death trap and very dangerous. Now, we're going to talk about something very different. We're going to talk about blood donations, but with a difference. Has your dog ever given blood? It's not something we've really given much thought to, but local vet Ian Rountree from Village Vets is on the line to tell us what's involved with this. Hi, Ian. How are you? Good, Joan. How are you? Great, thanks. Ian, dogs give blood. This is something new. To me, uh, anyway. To me, well, it's new. Yeah, in fact, actually, it's uh, the first blood donation was successfully carried out so as far back as 1665. So it was. So it is something that's been done an awful lot of, just a lot of people don't know about it, so they don't. No, no, I'd never heard. I, I didn't know it was. Well, I guess now when you think about it, it makes perfect sense that dogs would donate blood to help other dogs. But I mean, um, how often do you need blood donors for dogs? Is there a blood bank like there is for humans? Well, in fact, we are part of, so we'll say our group of veterinary practices village that is part in, is in partnership with the Pet Emergency Hospital in UCD. So they do an awful lot of our on-call work, we'll say, in the night time and at weekends as well. So a lot of emergencies will go to those guys. As part of our partnership agreement, we have to give them, we'll say, a blood donor every couple of months, so we do. So we have a list, kind of an active list in our group, in our clinic there in Dunshockland, where we kind of look and we ask people who have, we'll say, dogs that are suitable for it or we think, think might be suitable, and owners who we think might be willing to allow their dog to be a donor as well. Um, so every so often we will have to call up people just to say, listen, we're actually, we're due to give a, a donation here to the Pet Emergency Hospital. Can we get, we'll say, Becky in to get, we'll say, a donation from them today or whatever. And like when that. you say, Ian, dogs that are suitable, what type of dogs? Is there, I presume, a certain criteria? There is indeed, yeah. We'll say, so dogs have to be healthy dogs, obviously, between the ages of one and eight years of age, and they have to be over 25 kilos fully up to date with their vaccines and there's a few other things we'll say they have to kind of meet as well but that's the kind of general gist of it. Okay, so over 25 kilos so fairly big dogs. Fairly big dogs. So kind of like your Labradors, your Retrievers. We were even lucky enough there a couple of years ago to have a Great Dane so we were as well. He was so quiet. Um, and he was an ideal candidate for it. He sure he wouldn't even notice a drop of blood being taken from <laughs> No, him, he so. wouldn't probably. But that's what I was going to say to you too when we talk about criteria, like a certain type of dog as well, a nice, quiet, passive sort of a dog. Absolutely, because the ideal situation is that you don't have to sedate them in order to get it. So you don't, because obviously you don't want any, we'll say, drugs within the blood that you're going to be giving to a potentially sick and ill patient. Yeah. Um, I mean, this blood is going for there to save their life, so it is essentially so. Ideally, yeah, we don't want to have to sedate them to be able to get it. So we want quiet dogs that are going to kind of sit there placidly for about five minutes. It takes roughly no more so than it would take for us to donate, we'll say, a pint of blood or anything like that. And then what happens afterwards? They, I presume the dogs can't get a glass of Guinness like people used to in the old days or a cup of tea and a biscuit. not. <laughs> a cup of tea and a rich tea, and a rich tea biscuit. <laughs> no, we would give them, we'll say, a high protein and a high fatty meal, just would we'll say, as a bit of a, so they're not feeling daunted about coming back into the vets the next time or anything like awesome. that. We don't want them to treat it as oh god it's an ex- it's a, a daunting experience or anything we want to treat it as still quite a happy and memorable place to be coming to and everything. they get a nice little feast at the end of it then so absolutely and Ian what's the blood used for then it's all different types of surgeries I presume is it 
So if your dog, let's say, was suffering with anemia, let's say really acute anemia, which would be blood loss due to hemorrhage or hemolysis or anything like that, and they required if their blood level, if their PCV dropped to below, let's say, 10%, so it was critically low, mm. that they weren't able to bring that level back up themselves, we would then, would say, require to give them basically a unit of blood. So, mm. it would. so that could be in relation to, it could be a complication from surgery, or it could be maybe they were involved in a road traffic accident or anything like that. Even need, puppies yeah. maybe that would have had, you know, really bad parable cases that their PCV dropped so low that you're talking about, we'll say, that they need this unit to really bulk them back up and get them kind of boosted up again and kind of kickstart their own kind of bone marrow to produce new blood cells and get them kind of going again. And like humans, do dogs have different types, different blood types as well? And how, how would you find out what type your dog is? Well, there is a test you can do. Now, it say it's not carried out regularly or anything like that. Very few people will know the blood type of their dog. And we're lucky, we're very fortunate actually with dogs that they don't have naturally occurring antibodies to opposing blood types in their blood system. So prior to a transfusion, they've nothing sitting there against mm. any other bloods or anything like that. So you can give them a unit of blood. The first unit of blood they get is absolutely fine. It can come from any dog, any source or anything like that. However, if they require a second unit, you have to do with their blood type just to make sure that you don't have a transfusion reaction or anything that oh. could be potentially. So you could be trying to do something beneficial, but if they obviously had a reaction to something there, it could cause potentially life-threatening complications. Oh, I like see. Okay. And Ian, is it just dogs? I mean, what about cats? Cats do as well, yeah. I mean, would they definitely cats? Unfortunately, cats would have to be sedated. I mean, cats... Oh, yeah. Stick a big needle into a cat is not... Sticking a small needle into a cat is not <laughs> an easy thing. Don't mind, would say, a big needle. Yeah, uh, a blood absolutely. Very blood. sharp teeth. Eggs. Oh, goodness. Teeth, claws, everything goes in there, so it does. Yeah, I bet you know all about it. So, look at Ian, I have to wrap up, but if, if, if uh, somebody is thinking they have a, a beautiful, big, passive dog at home and thinks they could help you out, how, how do they go about that? Absolutely. If anyone feels that their dog may be suitable for it, we are always willing to take names and put them on our list. Uh, they can get in touch with us on 01. 01- 825-9636 that'll get us straight through to our clinic or even if they want to even check out our website at villagevets.ie you'll be able to find it with we'll more information by contacting any of our clinics and branches and stuff there and everyone will be more than happy to kind of create their list and have update their list of potential donors or anything Lovely. like that. Okay, thanks a million Ian very Good interesting, we learned something new <laughs> Blood donations Absolutely. with dogs. Thanks a million Ian Rowntree from Village Vets in Shotland. Thanks a million Ian, take care, bye bye the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. Don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 086 1800 658. Now, do you switch off after work or do you feel that you have to look every time your phone pings with a new message or notification? Do you feel you always have to be working in order to be one step ahead of the game? Well, my next guest doesn't think so. And he's here to tell us why he's hosting a new workshop called Restore later this month. Shane Breslin, how are you? Good to see you, John. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Shane, tell me a bit about yourself, will you, before we start talking about the workshop and just tell me why you felt there was a need for something like this? Yeah, well, my, my like, I've worked online for 20 years, you know, so I've worked in media, um, I've worked in, for charities, I've worked in some agencies, I've worked for myself for the last couple of years, but it's always been online media, online communications, online marketing. 
um, and self-employed for the last two years and working with clients in loads of different industries from like you know single person businesses right mm-hmm. up to some big organizations that a lot of people would know um, and it just I, I keep getting this in terms of feedback I experience it myself and I keep getting this in terms of feedback in terms of this general frazzledness of you know constant uh, communications constant notifications all this stuff going on all my lots of my clients are, are, are struggling with it I've struggled with it and I got to know Sally Murphy um, over the last two years or so um, and we started talking a couple of months ago about you know like she was experiencing the same things her clients were experiencing the same things and we decided to have a chat about putting something on that maybe people could come to and um, to try to help people to combat this kind of frazzledness as you call it but I mean one time people used to finish up at work at five or six o'clock they'd go home and that was it no phones in the good old days Um, but now people don't switch off at all the phone is in the bedroom it's there it's pinging all through the night maybe I mean how um, what do you do how if you're in business especially if you're in business for yourself how you know how do you switch off well I I think I think you have to find a way is the fir- is the first thing. Uh, like I, I think there's 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 a, a perception or an expectation possibly that we have to be on call twenty four seven or mm. we have to be, if a message comes in, you know that we have to be able to respond to it immediately or very very quickly. And all these social media platforms kind of make it make it like that. They they encourage you. They bombard you with the notifications yeah. or the message comes in and they kind of they, they like Facebook has this thing where where if somebody replies, sends you a message that it actually tells you your average response time to the message so oh, it's it encourages it? encourages you to get that down to like you know as quickly as you possibly can and I think that like you know I think you, you get away with it for a period of time but I think eventually it catches up and I've just talked to a lot of people a lot in completely different jobs and industries and careers that are struggling with you know mental health with depression with yeah. burnout you know I've had that myself in the past and it's and I've spoken about it um, but like it is it's just this techno- technology and this digital revolution that we're all in there's two there's two sides to it there's this massive opportunity that we all have to deal to do if we're running a business to run that business in a way that just wasn't possible up to five ten years ago but on the flip side of that is this massive overwhelm that we all feel as well so it's kind of skirting those two two paths and and what is it is it a fear is the FOMO thing fear of missing out or I'm are we afraid to switch off I, well I think I think that's I think that's part of it definitely I I think that like what what it, what it is um is that like, if you think of every industry every business there's you, it's, it's impossible almost to find a business or an industry that hasn't been tipped completely on its head in the last you know yeah. five ten years yeah, like, the way we do everything the way mm. we check books out of the library the way we order in McDonald's like you yeah. know everything, everything is completely is digital. different yeah. um, and the social media platforms so I can think of Facebook Twitter uh, primarily Instagram mm. like these things have been designed to make them addictive they've actually been designed by the people designing them to some of the smartest brains in the world to make you keep going back and keep going back and keep going back and I, and I think that we just have to find a way we, we just have to say say stop at some point for our, for our own productivity not just for not just for our um, for our own health but not just for that for our own ability to keep delivering value and keep doing something that's worthwhile. And of course now across the world, the world is awake at different times of the night and we're here and we're gone to bed and America is awake and doing business and the Far East is awake and people are afraid of their lives to, to kind of miss out on something that might happen while while we're asleep here in Ireland. It's tr- it is true, and I've seen like I you know like, there's 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 a gr- one of the things that's happened with with digital revolution stuff is that you know there's re- re- distributed or remote working. So like you know I I know people that are working in Galway, working for companies in France or America. When I was in Spain last summer, I met a couple of people that were traveling around the world but working for American companies, and they, they can do that, and that's amazing that you can do that. And there's like you know there's incredible upsides to that, but there are also the, the, the potential downsides of this this the, the the effects that all this communication, all this 
um, technolo technological kind of impact that this is having on your brain that we actually don't know yet and the scientists don't know yet what the impact that's having. That's what I was going to ask you, what impact it is having. As you say, we won't know for a couple of decades probably yet what impact it's having on, say, you and I right now. But what experience are you, are you seeing over and over? Like, what impacts are you seeing from people, people who come to you for help? Yeah, well, the, the, the signs are not good. On the, on the health point of view, the signs are really not good. Um, and I think, and I think the, like, I'm... I'm somebody like as I said. I was in. I've been in with Jerry in the studio talking about mental health in the mm. past, and like I've done a lot of work in terms of kind of de determining or figuring out what the triggers are. And there's no doubt in my mind that the, that my mobile phone is a, is a trigger. So I've, I remove actively remove a lot of stuff from my phone. So if I need to check email, if I if I want to check social media, I actually do it on the computer. So I don't have that on my phone, and that's something that it's maybe a nuclear option. But it is yeah. something that I have actively done and I do feel better and I'm more productive. I'm actually more responsive and more I communicate better with the people I need to communicate with when I actually take that step. But okay. everybody or so many people are, are experiencing exactly the same thing coming to us, like, you know, business owners and people who have who have um, who have, who know that there's opportunities out there, know that there's different ways of doing business, different ways of serving people and reaching people. But also they're figuring they're, they're struggling with, you know, this the, the pace of change and, yeah. the, and the weight of everything as well. And they just think maybe they're going to lose out on business. You haven't found that though, have you? If people switch off, do you think, let's switch off um, the phone at night, let's not worry about it. People are probably more productive for doing that. I think there, I think the, I think that's definitely a fear, but I, I don't, I think it's a false fear in lots of ways. Uh, I think I think it's definitely worth trying. And I think if, if you think about what, what how businesses um, flourish and succeed, businesses flourish and succeed by delivering a really good product or service or delivering great value for, for existing customers and that word of mouth can spread. And I, th and I think that that is only um, the, the chances of doing that is only increased by actually switching off. So when people used to switch off years and years ago and spend time with family, family life surely is affected nowadays by the way people do business. The families, it's not just the, the business people, but it's the whole family circle around them is affected. Did you find that as well? Yeah, like de de definitely. And like like Sally, who's co-running the event with me, Sally's from Letterkenny. She is a, a single, single mo mother to two boys. Um, she she talks uh, very openly about the the challenges that this has had for her. I've I've two young children as well. Like you know, it's it's definitely and and even even kind of the the this impact of this technology and the uh, and tablets and phones on kids as well. Like that that the evidence there is very very stark that how the the negative impact that has on their developing brains because know? the kids of course are seeing mom or dad on the phone constantly. I, I mean, you see, you're driving down the street, you see people pushing buggies but they're not looking at the child they're they're scrolling their phone I mean what could be so important you know that you're scrolling your phone while you're out for a walk with your child I've noticed this an awful lot it's not just teenagers who are at it and we had a discussion here a few weeks ago we had a couple of teenagers in and we discussed social media but it's not just teenagers it's everybody it's my age group it it's is. everybody and, and the thing is, as I said, these these are designed to do that. They're designed to addict to get, you. Do, they are designed to addict it's for addiction. They're designed to be. As I remember, a guy talking a couple of years ago about about they, they're designed by you know, the, the the same people or the same type of um, um, methodology used for the slot machines. You know, they're, they're yes, designed exactly. to yeah. get people keep to get you keep coming back because they make money by your attention. You know, yeah. so so you being on there is how they can sell ads to other people for you being there. Are we beginning to cop on to this though? Do you think we're beginning to cop on, Shane? Are are we conditioned though? Are we too, are we too far gone? I I don't think we're too far gone. Like this is still very very recent. Like you know, the first iPhone was was twelve years ago. Mm. Um, like you know, the the social media kind of uh, upsurge in, in apps is only really six seven eight years ago. Yeah. So no, I I don't I don't think we're too far gone. And I do think I think you're right. People are cottoning onto it, and that's the feedback we've got. So like I I work with businesses on on their digital 
strategy and digital comms um, communications and marketing Sally does uh, is a, a storytelling specialized with storytelling um, in uh, communication storytelling both of us are getting that feedback from from yeah. from, their, from our clients independently. So you tell me now about the workshop. When when is it on and where it's on and wh- where people can get tickets for this? Yeah, so it's 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 called Restore. Um, it's a play on the old Irish word, the Irish word store, which is, means treasure or heart. So yeah. it's kind of the, this restorative practice, getting back to what's important and what's our treasure. Um, it's taking place on Friday week, uh, so the 21st of June, and it takes place in Rua Red, so South Dublin Arts Centre in Talla. Um, it, the, the initial feedback we've, we're committing to doing three of these this year and this mm-hmm. is our very very first one so we were just really dipping our toe in the water to see yeah. were people interested in it were business owners interested were entrepreneurs interested in it and the feed, initial feedback has been very very good and so we're, we're very positive about it it's always it's like it's a scary thing to try to we've found it scary to put something out there that we're not sure is going yeah. to be reception but uh, but yeah so it, and t- t- tickets you can find it on Eventbrite so restore with S-T-O Fada or um, and you should find that on Eventbrite. Okay, so is it aimed at individuals or aimed at companies and businesses? Yeah, so it's a bi- business owners, entrepreneurs, marketers is what we're we're aiming at. Again, any, anybody in in the world of business where where you have this kind of this complete um, the, this mismatch between the opportunity you have and also the overwhelm, um, and try to kind of maximize the opportunity, but also kind of escape the overwhelm. So they're the people who are kind of hoping to help on the day. Okay, and then what can they expect to get out of it? And how long is it? A whole uh, full day event? F- full full day event. Um, I'll be talking about digital in this mad digital revolution um so on, all online email web social media um sally's going to be talking about storytelling and the the how to uh, better how to really do that as a business we also have jenny brennan who's um uh, based in galway works for a french social media management company and she's coming for a, a Q&A. she's talking about sales and teamwork and a remote basis and mm. people are going to leave at the end of the day i think with a very clear sense of of where things are online where things are in the world of business now and what opportunities are there and how to go about it slightly differently um and and really kind of uh yeah and really really kind of go with a plan of how to move forward for the business okay all right so what would you say to me i'm in media my phone is on constantly it's on the floor beside the bed at night but i do turn it on silent i put it on to silent during the night but um yeah i do admit the first thing i do in the morning probably even before i get out of the bed will be check notifications mm. that's a very bad thing to be at isn't well, it I'm, 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 I want to be the last to judge. So, like, it's oh, all judge away. No, it's, it's, all, it's all up. It's all up. Like, I, I know for myself that that, that would be. The, so, I, I actively leave my phone downstairs, but that's because I was having a really bad effect of my sleep. Yeah, and I and I decided to do something about it because it was my, the 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 negative pattern in my sleep was having effect on my health and all this sort of yeah. stuff. So, so I just encourage people to you know to to if like if if like I know I know somebody who I told about the event, a colleague, um, and they said you know not for them because they're really really ha- they're, they're they're really happy and delighted with the. You know they're they're a real connector and they're working online all the time yeah, yeah. and they don't see a problem and like that's totally fine. So this isn't for everybody. And yeah. if it's not a problem or if you're really really happy, that's perfect. But I'm saying there's a lot of people and the for, feedback we've got is that they they are struggling with different things for people who it is having an impact on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll leave the phone downstairs tonight and then I'll let you know how I get on. Right. <laughs> see that I struggle. <laughs> Shane Breslin, thanks a million for talking to us on late lunch and good luck with the event. Thanks. Take so much, care. Bye bye. Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda.
You're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, my next guest is going to tell us about something I've been fascinated with since I saw the series on television, An Idiot Abroad with Carl Pilkington. And in one of those episodes, the ever grumpy Carl, he took part in a cuddle party. So we're going to talk for the next few minutes about cuddle parties. And on the line, I have a man called Randy Ralston. Randy, how are you? Hi, Joan. Hi, thanks for inviting me. You are so welcome to Late Lunch and thanks a million for joining us. That's for a start, not a local accent, Randy. Where are you from? <laughs> well, I live in County Wicklow and I've lived here for, in Ireland for the past uh, 17 years or so, but I'm from California originally. OK, OK. You haven't lost your accent at all. <laughs> Randy, can we start off? But I, I, I've seen a little bit of this. I, I, as I say, I saw the, the series An Idiot Abroad and, and that episode where Carl went to the cuddle party and he wasn't in for it at all. And um, can you explain? Explain to me what they are and how, how they came to be. Uh, well, I haven't seen that episode, so I'll have to I'll have to look for it. Oh, you've got to Google that, yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, uh, well, uh, Cuddle Party is a uh, a not for profit uh, um, um, charitable organization, educational organization in the states that was founded about fifteen or sixteen years ago. Uh, and I think it was a couple of people in, in New York who then moved to California, uh, and it just went from there. Uh, and they were just having they were just having fun, uh, non-sexual uh, touch parties at their at their uh, at their homes. Uh, and then they realized that there was a great need for for human touch that was n- not conflated with sexuality. And then they developed a formal structure around it and it just went from there. And Randy, is it a group of strangers coming together in a place and just randomly cuddling each other? Is it more structured? Do you, Can you tell me how it works? Sure, sure. Uh, it's it's a little of both, actually. <laughs> um, it's uh, So uh, a, cuddle, a cuddle party is, uh, is a three and a half hour event. And it's uh, part workshop and part social gathering kind of a thing. So, so initially for the first hour, hour and 15 minutes or so, uh, we do a few exercises to get familiar with each other. And um, uh, we go over the rules of cuddling. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are six primary rules of cuddling. And okay. we talk about what those are. Okay. And why they're... Want- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. To tell us what they are, can you tell us what sure, they are? I can, sure, I can, I can do that, sure. Uh, so the first rule is that uh, clothing stays on the whole time. Okay. Right, it's a, it's a non-sexual event, and uh, one of the ways that we keep it that way is that people keep their clothes on, right? Okay. What so, type of clothes? I, the, one, the episode I saw with Carl Pilkington, they were all in pyjamas. Uh, well, we encourage people to wear comfortable clothing. Okay. You know, non, non-binding clothing. Okay. And, uh, you know, p- wearing pajamas adds a little bit of fun and levity to it. And, and, you know, we like these events to be fun and fun and lighthearted. So some people wear pajamas okay. and other people wear tracksuits or whatever they want. It's just whatever they're comfortable in. So uh, uh, let's see. The next rule is that um, nobody has to cuddle anyone they don't want to at a cuddle party ever. Like there's there's no requirement. Participants don't have to touch or be touched at any time. Okay. Don't actually required to do anything. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, the third rule is that uh, participants must ask for permission and receive a verbal yes before touching anyone. Okay. Okay. So there's there's no there's no innuendo. There's no nudge nudge wink wink. You know, mis- we're, we're trying to we're trying to bring uh, a communication and and con- consent to what's happening here. Okay. So everyone has to have a verbal yes before they touch anyone. Um, we encourage people if they're feeling a yes to to an invitation to say yes. If they're feeling a no, to say no, right? Just very straightforward, okay. simple things. Yeah. And if people are feeling like they're a maybe to an invitation or something they might want to do with someone, then we encourage them to say no. Right. Okay. So if you're hovering between um, and you're not sure, say no. Right. So this is just for clarity because we want really solid boundaries. We want people to develop really solid boundaries, very clear, uh, very strong, strong no's create strong yeses. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, we encourage people to change their mind. So people might want to try something uh, with someone or with a group of people or something like that. They might want a shoulder rub from someone, but then uh, they might they can change their mind, and that's perfectly okay. And what do people get out of it, Randy? What well, is the uh, hope? What is the hope when you come along to a cuddle party? What do you get out of it? Well, uh, the the physiological and the psychological benefits of human touch and contact, non-sexual touch that are that is welcomed, uh, are well documented. Uh, and we just don't get enough of that in modern society. You know, there's this conflation of touch with sexuality, which has made people afraid of touching each other. Um, and just with our busy lifestyles, you know, we're running around, you know, working and like commuting and, you know, kids and just the, mo- just the modern lifestyle, mm-hmm. we, just don't, we just don't get enough of this. So is this another way then of kind of de-stressing, of coming down, some, another way of just relaxing? Uh, it is. It can be as simple as just relaxing. Some people do it just to relax. Um, it can, it's a little bit of a social event, so people can meet new new people. Uh, you can learn more things about yourself. And when you say a social event, I assume there's no alcohol involved. It, that's right. There's no alcohol. Uh, no, we don't. Anybody who appears intoxicated, mm. uh, we, we turn them away. It's never happened, by the way. <laughs> oh, has it not? Never? No, no. O- okay, because things could get out of hand maybe if someone came in and they and they were fairly... Had it been, could, and we would have been we having a few jars. Not. 
because we want we want we want full full awareness, uh, you know. But Randy, have you ever had people come along and get the wrong idea and just assume a cuddle party might lead to something else? I think a couple of times people have showed up thinking they might get lucky. <laughs> Exactly. And they, they, they very quickly realise that they're in the wrong place. Oh, OK. And, and probably leave fairly hastily, do they, when they realise that's well, not... Well, um, not, not... Or did not they really. stay and enjoy it? They stay and enjoy it they, because they, they realise that, that it's, this is something different. It's not, this is not a pick-up place. This is not a place that... No, there's no dating. There's no sexuality or nudity that goes on here. Uh, but once they, once they realise that people are really having a good time, they're interacting in a safe environment with, with this structure, um, they kind of settle in and enjoy it. And, and it's... it's it's, yeah, everyone really loves it. And what kind of people are coming along to these parties, Randy? Are they couples? Are they single people? What, what type of people? Are they generally people who would embrace this kind of nice lifestyle or are they people who are totally stressed out at work and looking for something new to relax? Or what type of people in general do you find you meet at these cuddle parties? Honestly, Joan, it is, it is every kind of person. It is every. It's okay. an adults-only event, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's it's every kind of person. I mean, there there are couples, there are older people, there's very young people, um, there's people who have been touch-deprived, who maybe have had some trauma, or just or, or just been living alone for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then there's people that just are just cuddle monsters, and they just love touch, and they just they can't get enough. So cuddle monsters, back, you know. Cuddle monsters, I love it. <laughs> Randy, I'm going to have to wrap up in a sec, but I'm just curious, how do you go along to a cuddle party? Do you have to pre-book? Or, or, and, and as well as that, how do you vet people before you let them in, or, or can you? Uh, we, we, don't, we don't vet people. We, we vet them when they walk in the door, mm. basically. When we sit down and we, we introduce ourselves and we, you know, we, we talk about things, it's, it, it becomes self-evident very quickly if there's going to be a problem. Yeah, and course. there's never been up. There's never, never actually been a problem uh, with the ones that I've run. Okay. Um, so, if any of our listeners want to take part, when is the next one, and how can we book? Okay, yeah. Uh, the next one is coming up this Sunday. I run them generally once a month, uh, and it's taking place in in Bray, uh, kind of uh, Dublin accessible, uh, right? Mm-hmm. A Ten-minute walk from the Dart Station, and it's uh, from one thirty to five p.m. Um, and yeah, tickets, I asked for tickets uh, to be purchased in advance. We know how many people are going to be there, but we never turn anyone away for lack of funds. So, um, okay. yeah, they can, uh, people can uh, just do a search for Cuddle Party Ireland or Irish Cuddle Salon on Facebook or okay. meetup.com, or they can just Google Cuddle Party Ireland and they'll find it. Randy, it's been enlightening. Thanks so much for chatting to me today. Feeling all warm and cuddly here in the studio now. Thanks a million, Randy. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Going to take a bit of music now. Here's Counting Crows. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon. Don't forget the number to text or WhatsApp us is 086-1800-658. Now I'm sitting here in a full studio and we're going to talk about living with disabilities for the next few minutes. Now I want to talk about Clonmore House in particular. It's a community-based respite residential and outreach support service currently based in Navan, Kells and Ashbourne. Now the service supports adults who present with mild or moderate intellectual disabilities. I'm joined in studio by three ladies who 
use those services in Clonmore in various ways. I'm joined by Judy Clark, by Lorraine Kangley and by Orla Houlihan. Also here with me, I have Ned Rispin, who's Services Manager of Clonmore House. Maybe I'll start with you, Ned. If, if you could tell us a little bit about Clonmore and, and the work that you do there. Yep, thank you. Uh, Clonmore is an organisation that supports people who have an intellectual disability and we support people to live in their own homes. So they're independent people uh, and our staff within Clonmore support those people to live independently. Ned, when you say independently, what do you mean by that exactly? Independent is um, the uh, each service user that uses Clonmore uh, has their own choice about how they live and what they do. And what our staff do is they support them because uh, some of the people that stay with us or live with us are present with different challenges and our job is to support them with those challenges. And I'm going to come to one of those ladies now. Judy, sitting in the middle here, right across from me. How are you, Judy? I'm fine, thank you. You are very welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Judy, tell me what it means to you. What does independent living mean to you? It means that um, you're living alone. you uh, living alone? Yes. And you get help around the house. And there's no staff over at night time to come in during the day. And it's great to see everyone coming in during the day to help me. And so I go downtown to do shopping and do the laundry and dinner and check the money if it's right, which is a good thing. So... That's my independence and I do programmes. And you're very happy to live on your own, Judy. Yeah, You're very happy. Lorraine, can I come to you for a second? Can you tell us a little bit what challenges a person with disability has? I have a disability. I still get get on with my life. I have, absolutely, if I get too warm, I might get a seizure and sometimes I might fall I take medication every day for it. I'm I'm a celiac. I have to be careful what I eat. I am so I am on a gluten-free diet. If I eat anything that is not gluten-free, I get very tired. I med I need a sport to have independent. I love living independently. I I can do my own thing as I please. So you love it. It means you can do your own thing when you want to do it, and you can do what you want when you want. Yeah. And tell me something, Orla. What is what is it like living for somebody living with a disability? Well, it's okay. Uh, sometimes people look at you differently. Some people don't know people with disability and don't recognise it, and this can be embarrassing and hurtful. And and Lorraine, do you work? Have I you do job? work. I work three day three days a week. I work in NCBI charity shop for the for the blind. I I steam clothes. I am on the shop shop floor. I. Sort clothes, I tie clothes, I walk with different people every day, every day. All the staff in their shop are lovely and, and half helpful by 
doing this work, I am giving something back to the community. I I enjoy the work, work, meeting people, people, and gets gets me move gets me involved in the community. And Ned, can I come across to you again just for a second? How important is it? Do you think that people can go out there and live independently and and have jobs? It's really important because uh, every individual in society can contribute in some way and uh, the three people that you're talking to here uh, contribute hugely within their community and I suppose in times gone by people with disabilities might have been excluded from society but but now thankfully nowadays people are more involved in society and that's for the betterment of society. Of course it is and Judy can I come back to you for a second and tell me about your day. What do you do every day? I do go go walking every day I have an interest in shopping if I see money, it will be gone. <laughs> I like most women. <laughs> shoes and hairdressing. And I do food shop. I get support to do this shopping. I had my 60th birthday party last December and it was great fun. 60th? Yeah. There's no way this lady in front of me is 60 years of yeah, age, Ned. It was a late night. Was it? Yeah. I was just going to say, tell me a few things that happened that <laughs> night. Was it a great party? Oh, she's a great dancer. Great and I to visit dance. my family. You my like to sister. visit your family? My sister. Your sister. Yeah. You, d- you don't look 60. I have to tell you that, Judy. You're looking well. You look fantastic. Thank you very much. What did you have at that party that night? Was it a oh, wild it? one? Oh, it's very much so. That was a wild one. I bet yeah. you it was. I know, but you've a glint in your eye, Judy. <laughs> Yeah, look at her laughing now. She has a glint in her eye, this one she has. I know she has. Lorraine, what do you do for fun? I like walking. I go to bingo three days a week. I had a big win two weeks ago. I won 300 euro. I go on, I go out for meals and, and drinks afterwards. My my favourite dinner is is chi- Chinese chicken curry. Oh, that's one of my favourites as well. Yeah. What did you do with the 300 euro that you won? I put on in savings because I'm going on a holiday in October. Are you? Where are you off to? I'm going to England. Are you? What part of England are you going Manchester to? Manchester City. Oh, Manchester City. Oh, yeah. that's a great place. 300 oh, euro will yeah, be gone oh, in a flash there. Oh, yeah. tweet support Manchester City. Do you? Oh, yeah. You're Big talking way. to a Liverpool woman here yeah. now. Well, I'm, I'm a Man United supporter. <laughs> You're a Man United. Yeah. These two are Man City. And I'm favourite of the whoopie. What? A big favourite of the whoopie. So you love sport as well, Julie? Yeah. Do, I do you? Yeah. Orla, what about you? What do you do for fun? Um, I play floorball, so it's like indoor hockey. Oh, what is it called? F- floorball. Never heard of it. Floorball, okay. It's a winter sport. Okay. It's mostly a winter sport. And I was in Antrim on last Saturday. And we won- my team won uh, boats or matches. I've never heard of that sport. What? What? How do you play that? It's a goalkeeper and three players on... Um, in it's like a rink. Okay. That you're in, and it's the goalkeeper and three players on at a time. Okay, well that's something new to me. I'll have to. I'll have to look that you, up. You play with a hockey it, stick. It's like, like a hockey, hockey stick, yeah. yeah, and a ball. Is it dangerous? It's very fast. Is it? Yeah. So a bit like hurling, but not no, not like hurling. No, because you have to keep the stick on the ground, uh, nearly glued to the ground, and keep two hands on the stick at all time and if you lift the stick it's a uh, foul Jeez, you must and be you're fairly... sent off like I'm the goalkeeper for my team oh you're a brave woman <laughs> anyone that gets in goals is so a brave... I'm on my knees 
What? I'm on my knees. Oh, right, like as in hockey, like as in hockey. Oh, yeah. right, I see, yeah. I get you. Listen, I'm getting the signal that we have to take a break, but we'll come back and have more chat after this. Is that all right, yeah. guys? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. Welcome back to Late Lunch this afternoon and in studio with me I have people from Clonmore Respite House here. I have Ned Rispin who's the services manager and three lovely ladies Judy Clark, Lorraine Kangley and Orla Houlihan. Can I come back to you Orla first of all and can, can you tell me a bit more about Clonmore Houses? Uh, that there's one respite house and seven, seven residential houses. I come into respite house for a break, meet friends and go down the town. There are 67 service users that come to Respite House. The staff are lovely, kind and caring. Are they lovely? You were talking to me a few minutes ago about the boss and you want to say hello to her. Who wants to say hello to the boss? Martine Haley. Hello, Martine. This is Judy speaking. I hope you're doing fine now at your work. <laughs> While you're having a day out here in LMF. We're having a day out here when you're at home there. Now, we were chatting off air and I heard that some of you ladies did the mini marathon recently. Yeah. I thought I had three ladies in studio. It appears I have four. Is that right, Ned? <laughs> Is that right? You've been hung out no, to dry no, here. No, <laughs> Tell me about Ned and his costume well, and Ned, the mini marathon. Ned was dressed up as a woman. Her name was Edwina. <laughs> and there was another on my left, Edwina. She, that man had the dress and a yoke around his forehead. Like a ribbon. A ribbon. And a ribbon. And, yeah. and, and you had a wig, had you, Ned? I did, yeah. I had hair for He had a wig. Blonde wig. Was he gorgeous? Yeah, yes, blonde wig. Was he beautiful? He was beautiful. He was all the business. <laughs> <laughs> and did you enjoy the mini marathon, girl? Yes. Would you do it again? Oh, I'd love to do it again. Yeah, yes. I've done it before. Have you done it before? Did yeah. you walk it or run it, Orla? No, I, I walked it. I walked it a few times as well. I wouldn't be able to run it now. But it's a great day out, isn't it? And there was a few of them doing it from, for Clamore House. Really? So they raised few a few they raised a few a few pounds for a few yeah. euros for, for Clanmore House. Speaking of raising money for it, Ned, we were talking off air as well about fundraisers. You have something coming up, I believe. Yeah, we've a, we've a car boot sale and coffee morning in Clanmore and the Commons Road in Navan on the 22nd of June. It's from 11 till kind of half one-ish and uh, there'll be very good uh, stuff to buy there and uh, if people could come we'd really appreciate it. Are you looking for people to donate stuff or bring stuff or uh, set up stalls or well, no, are we, you sorted? We, we, we mostly do, we have all the stalls sorted okay. so it's just we're looking for bodies, we're looking for people to come and And, uh, and just buy be, stuff yeah, and yeah. give money. And give money, yeah. And what about say people who might want to volunteer and do something to help you guys in other ways? How, yeah. how can people do that? Yeah, if, if somebody's interested in volunteering with Lawnmower they can just uh, call into us on the Commons Road in Navan or give us a call at 0469022079. And what do you th- what kind of things are, what kind of people are you looking for or what kind of what kind of help do you need? Well, we we I suppose we need help at a couple of different levels. Um we're looking for board members. Uh we're also if somebody was interested in being a carer to to care and, or to buddy somebody 
uh, you know, we would look for somebody like that as well. Oh, how, what do you mean by buddy somebody? Could well, you explain that a little bit? To yeah, me? yeah. So we the the volunteers that we'd have at the moment would would visit uh, service users and hang out with them, or uh, you know, go hang out for an evening or a couple of hours, or uh, maybe go to the cinema or just just hang out with them. Okay, going to the cinema, girls. Do you like going to the cinema? Yeah. 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 Lorraine, have you been to see any movies lately? Not lately, no. Do you know what's a great one out now? The one about Elton John? Are you going to see Rocket Man? That's no. an outing for you now, Ned. You have to go and see that. <laughs> I, went to see one. It la- I, went, I wanted to see it last night, but it wasn't on at half night, so we went to the Snooker Hall instead. <laughs> Did you? That was my excuse as well last night. I didn't want to go to one that was so late. Half nine's too late for me. I like going to bed early. So, But you'll have to make sure you go and see that movie. And my daughter yeah. saw it. I believe it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. What other things do you like doing, girls, in your spare time then? Besides the cinema, do you ever go out out to music places or dancing or anything like that? Are you shaking your head or like, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I don't really do much. I like meeting my me friends and going out for meals and have catching up on the old times. Say that again to me because I believe we can't hear you too well, Lorraine. Oh. Come in closer to that microphone. As I said to you earlier, kiss the microphones for me, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Now tell me that again. What you like doing in your spare I like time? I like going out with my friends. I like going out with my friends and and um, having chatting because I don't see them I don't see my friends every day now because I'm walking yeah so it's nice to catch up oh nice to catch up with them catch up with them catch up with them of course it is yeah, yeah. and what, where would you go with your pals we go, go to the sim or we go to the the coffee mind for something to eat Oh, that's oh yeah, in Navan. In Navan. Oh, yes. I know that place. Yeah, nice spot. All right. And Ned, what can you tell us a little bit quickly, just before we wrap up, because I've only about a minute left. What kind of services are available to people? If supposing people are out there and they didn't know about Clonmore House, they didn't know it existed, um, and and they're looking for some help, can they just contact you? Uh, well, not really. They they they'd have to go through the HSE, right. but um, there are services for people with intellectual disabilities. Um, uh, the services that we provide are respite and residential so people can come for a break or they can live in their home and we support them to do that um, but it would be the HSE that kind of would be the link the HSE would, yeah. would start the ball rolling yeah. okay just one text in before we go um, well done we need more awareness like this a super chat and you're great advocates for people with disabilities and fair play to the ladies best look for the future and keep rocking that's the text we got in isn't that lovely girls yeah thanks. that is lovely so Judy, Orla, Lorraine and Ned thanks a million for coming into studio we're going to take Rag and Bone Man now to take us up to news at three the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. You're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, this week is International Men's Health Week and pharmacies around the country are trying to encourage men, no matter what age they are, to take the time and make the time to do something practical to make a positive difference to their health. It's also, apparently, summertime and a lot of people are heading off on holiday soon. So we're going to combine these two topics now and chat to pharmacist Cathy Marr about it all. Welcome to Late Lunch again, Cathy. Thanks, Joan. You're a regular visitor here. How are you? Great, great. I suppose the, the point with Men's Health Week is that... It is always this week in the year where it starts and finishes on Father's Day. And Father's Day, as we know, is this Sunday. So it's a global event. We have USA, Australia, Canada, all across Europe trying to 
get men to take the time and make the time to do something about their health. We want to increase awareness of preventable health illnesses. We're all living mm-hmm. longer. So a lot of illnesses that we grow into, we would have died from previously. So it's trying to prevent some of those health issues arising. We want to support men and boys engage in healthier activities, healthier sports, healthier choices. And we want to encourage early detection and early treatment of many health issues that crop up for men. And how difficult is it to get men involved in their own health? Well, I'm a pharmacist for 20 plus years and there's still some men whose prescription I do on a monthly basis that I may not have met or met a handful of times. Men don't tend to look after their own health because they feel they're so busy. They tend to have this notion that they're the breadwinner, they're very busy, they and they tend to look at themselves. They don't tend to talk very well. No. And the men sheds generation is a terrific movement to really get people to men to talk to each other. Men tend to when we look at men's health issues, they fall into a few categories. We've got the niggles. The niggles that last for years and years and years mm. might be the dodgy knee or the, the funny ear or whatever. And these can go on and on and on. And we're asking men, just just pause for a moment. Just let's have a look at that niggle. Maybe it is something that we can treat really, really simply, perhaps in the pharmacy, in the community. No need for the GP. Or it might be an indicator of something more serious or something that we could need screening or detection for. So it's really to look at the niggles, see if something's bothering you for years, and then also look at the chance for looking at more serious conditions as well that can affect men. Because, of course, men's health will then impact on their families, on their wives, on their children, on everybody around them. But men don't tend to think of that, do they? They tend to neglect themselves a little bit. They do neglect themselves. And very often, a lot of my conversations about men's health tend to be with their partners. And yeah. I have many wives and daughters of men that come in that are concerned about their dad or their, their husband. And they want to know, you know, I've noticed this about himself. Could you give me advice on this? The more serious issues that can crop in as we age, things like high blood pressure things like diabetes, things like heart disease, they're all preventable and treatable by healthy lifestyle choices. So rather than thinking men, men have a a huge fear factor in going for further tests and further screening because sometimes they're just terrified of what's going to come up and does it mean they'll have to give up work or something. But if we can tackle these things early on, it means that it doesn't become such a big problem. Other things being June and summer and Mm -hmm. and uh, Irish Cancer Society. Apparently it's summertime. Absolutely. Skin conditions and we're trying to detect a lot of skin moles and and melanoma in men as well. They don't tend to look at the skin. As women we might put on body lotion a little bit more often. So we we look at our bodies, we look at our skin every day. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't. They don't. And mental health. From the very young boys, teens right through to older men, it's a massive issue with the male generation and we want to talk to men about their mental health as well how to look after the mental health identify issues identify problems and where to reach out to so a community pharmacy really we're the hub in any community and we yeah. need to signpost where we need to and treat the community when we can and you offer support for so many things now like blood pressure checks and so on and so forth and can people just pop along or, or do people need to make an appointment to see a pharmacist if they want to talk about something in particular or they like you say one of these niggles yeah I suppose every pharmacy since November 2011 at this stage has had to by law have a private consultation room Um, so that's to give reassurance that whatever you discuss is done not within earshot of anyone else, not within sight of anyone else. So that's that's a private consolation. That gives a bit of consolation to men that they can come in. And actually, like in our pharmacy, we've two pharmacists on all the time, one of them being a man. And men do want to come in sometimes and speak shoulder to shoulder, or sometimes they'll come in to, to myself either. Um, no appointment is ever needed. The only time we really need an appointment is either for a flu jab or mm. for a cholesterol test, because then we have to be fasting for 15 hours. So we'll make that appointment in terms of blood pressure, blood sugar, um, weight chat, mental health, skin conditions, absolutely, it's all there, it's all available. Skin conditions, we would get men to come in, 
maybe if they're concerned about a mole or a mark that we have a look at it in the privacy of the consultation. I didn't actually know that that all pharmacies since 2011 have to have this private area. That's very good to know. Can we turn a little bit to summer health because apparently it's summertime out there although you wouldn't think it. No. You wouldn't think it. We're in here in studio today and we all have jumpers, sweatshirts, jeans, boots on us today but it's not sunny outside and the weekend looks like it's going to be a a total washout Mm -hmm. but I mean at this time of the year what are the main things that we should be doing to look after ourselves, look after our health? I suppose really for looking at it in two strands for those that are staying around home we have to look at our health this way and then for those that are heading off and in terms of pharmacy and the support that we can give people in both of those so hay fever has kicked in from the end of March and we've done a lot of work around hay fever around getting people to get their treatment early on Mm. pollen still happens we do have high pollen days low pollen days so it's really to treat when necessary continue your treatment throughout the summer season right up until October is hay fever season and then do the self-help things like Vaseline in the nostrils keeping windows closed air conditioning off that kind of thing to reduce pollen exposure here. In terms of people heading off or even if we do get a really nice sunny day, sun factor. You know, we are seeing a huge increase in cases of skin cancers, of melanomas. I think there's, a, there's around 1,100 melanoma cases in Ireland a year and that's the most deadly form of skin cancer. So we really have to ask people, reach out for the SPF. Factor 30 as a minimum, whether it's in a Ireland. minimum. Whether it's in Ireland or whether it's abroad. Or whether what type of skin you have. Or regardless of the type of skin. We are Caucasian, we are in the Northern Hemisphere and are at very high risk of developing skin cancers, particularly as we age because we're living longer. So absolutely SPF. People talk then about what about vitamin D and osteoporosis and what do I do? 15 minutes outside in a day like today is enough to help your body metabolise that vitamin D and get the best. Even on a cloudy, rainy day like today. Even on a cloudy day like that. So that's fine. So we can park that. Um, For people heading away, one of the biggest questions we're asked in pharmacy is about their medicines and their prescriptions and how do they bring them in the storage. So make sure you speak to your own pharmacist about what way your medicines can be stored. Some might need to be stored in the fridge. So how do we travel on the plane mm. with perhaps insulin or something for arthritis that needs to be stored in the fridge? Have a chat around that, how we manage that. Medicines don't go on the hold. They don't go on the check it, check-in because... Is it, they're not counted amongst the liquids that you have to have under 100 mils of... No, and very no. few medicines. It'd only really be antibiotics that would come more than 100 mils. But yeah. even those would be less than 100 mils. Yeah. They need to be stored separately. Declare them at security as you go through but if anything goes into the check-in into your suitcase and it's checked in that can freeze and that has a detrimental effect on your medicine so it's very important it would freeze in the hold absolutely so it's very important that you carry your medicines carry a copy of your prescription Mm. if you're going to a country where they don't speak English or you mislay your prescription your medicines when you're over there very often these summer months we get calls from pharmacies across the globe from can we verify a certain patient yeah. is on these medicines so just yeah. to bring your prescription bring anything else that you need and of course Irish people we love to come back with a tan don't we yeah. we love to show off the tan but what would you say to people just going out there day one very little sun protection if any at all or, or even kids it's very hard to get the kids to stand still and get the sun cream on them What what's the minimum factor you'd put on a child the minimum I would put on a child would be 30 ideally okay. 50 okay and do you know there are ones that are out there that are once a day I would even wouldn't re- wouldn't rely on the once a day factors yeah. it's keep replying if they're going into water as soon as they come back out dry off sun cream back on most cases of skin cancer are linked to a bad burn in childhood and that's what we really have to think of. So it's oh, protecting right. skin right through as we age. Oh, I see. Now, mm. we're lucky enough today that you've brought someone with you. So your lovely daughter, Etain, is here. Hi, Etain. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. So when you go on holidays, do you look after yourself? Do you look after your skin? You're, we're all very pale skinned in this studio. Well, no, actually, you're not, Cathy, but myself and Etain, we've yeah. nice, we've very fair skin, both of us. So do you look after yourself? Uh, yeah, mostly at mum's 
know, man making. will make you do it. Man yeah. will make you do it, won't she? <laughs> and do you find it a pain to have to stop and put on sun cream? Yeah, because mom you know, is it's nodding. Sticky and it takes ages to dry, and it's. So you'd rather just run out the door of the apartment and down to the pool or down yeah, to the beach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you got to put it on, don't you? You have to. Oh, it's yeah, very important. To, yeah. That's it. And then other things that we think when, when people are going on holidays, insect bites. Oh, gosh, yeah. Alcohol. They love me. Yeah. Insects, mozzies, mosquitoes, they love me. And it's, they tend to, when they love somebody like you, Joan, they'll neglect everybody else around you and they tend to flock to that one person. There's always one in the group. What is it? Have I sweet blood or something? Yeah. What is it? And people tend to say, what can I take to prevent it? Yeah. So sometimes you can take antihistamines before you go. Vitamin B complex vitamin C some vitamins help just prevent it but it's really insect repellent so layer on the insect repellent and the other big thing of course is alcohol alcohol and the sun I mean there's nothing nicer than a cocktail by the pool is there no it's lovely or a nice glass of wine but alcohol yeah. if you're taking any kind of medicines whether it's prescription medicines whether it's antihistamines for the bites anything at all just check and see is alcohol going to mix safely because there can be some really detrimental effects and of course the heat of the sun and the mm-hmm. alcohol and dehydration mm-hmm. that's another issue isn't it absolutely um, in terms of medicines quite a few medicines particularly some blood pressure, some antibiotics can make your skin more sensitive to the sun. So even in Irish sun, you can get really badly burned by sun tablets, making your skin more photosensitive. So we would be very careful. Make sure you check with the pharmacist. Am I okay? Even with Sun Factor 30, do I need to increase that further? Just check everything. Your pharmacist is there as a hub in the community for the information just it's all in there at a fingertip Cathy thank you brilliant advice thank absolutely brilliant we do have to wrap up but Etain you're going to close the show for us today I do believe you have yeah. a request for a special song I'm surprised because you're so young yeah. and you've asked us to play out with this song do you want to yeah, introduce it nice and summery and hopefully it'll get you all in the mood uh, it's Jump by Van Halen lovely Louise is going to play that that's it for another late lunch uh, my thanks as always to all my guests today my lovely producer Louise in there some woman for one woman and to you of course for listening thanks a million for tuning in until tomorrow take care bye bye The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors get low as can be APR zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults what are you waiting for there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors Dundalk Drogheda or Cavan When you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.